Well, good morning, Grace Vineyard, and everybody else joining us listening to this talk via our website or watching it on YouTube. At Grace Vineyard, we are currently working our way through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' instruction manual for his followers. And this morning we come to Matthew 6, 1 to 18, where Jesus talks to disciples about giving, praying and fasting. But actually, he's talking about something entirely different, as we will see. Now, we started this series working our way through the Beatitudes, which focus on the character of a disciple, what it is to be a follower of Jesus. We then moved on to what have been termed the Do Attitudes in the remainder of chapter 5, where Jesus takes kingdom values to the next level. And Jill and Mark Visser took us through the sections regarding us being salt and light and what fulfilment of the law truly means in Jesus' kingdom terms, rather than the half-hearted and loophole way people were living in Jesus' day, particularly the religious leaders. And now here in chapter 6, Jesus takes it to an even deeper level of what have been termed the heart attitude, because what Jesus has made clear from the beginning is it's what's going on inside us that matters, not our outward actions. And here in chapter 6, Jesus is challenging us to question what drives us to do the things that we do. What are the motives of our hearts? So let's read our reading. Matthew 6, 1 to 18. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, in earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. When you fast, do not look sombre as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So as we start, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, that we can come together this morning and spend time reading and studying your word, your kingdom instruction manual for us, your disciples. Please help us to hear and take on board what you want to say to us this morning and help us to live by your kingdom values 
and not those of the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, although the headings of these, uh, this part of the Sermon Amount are giving to the needy, praying and fasting, I'm not going to talk about these subjects this morning. They're far too big for me to handle in a 20-minute talk. They're far better dealt with individually. And actually, Jill dealt with fasting in one of her uh, spiritual practice talks at the beginning of January. So I encourage you to go and have a listen to that. But more importantly, Jesus wasn't talking here about giving to the needy, praying and fasting. He was using them as examples in relation to what the focus of what really mattered to him. And that's our heart attitude. The one point to note in these three examples is that Jesus doesn't say if you give, pray or fast or whatever else you do in my name. But when you give, pray fast and do things for me. So when Jesus takes things to this deeper level of the heart attitude, why does he specifically mention giving to the needy, praying and fasting? We need to go back to first century Jerusalem. And in Judaism in the first century, your righteousness and how you were seen in society was very important to your social standing. And as far as the, the Jewish piety went, giving to needy, praying and fasting were the top three religious practices on their to-do list. And Jews would need to be seen to be do to do them, to have social standing. So Jesus focuses on these three practices because he wants to highlight that rather than being disciplines that have been carried out in love and service to God, they've become a theatrical event and a means to advertise your righteousness to everyone who sees you. Everyone that matters, that is, particularly for the Pharisees. So he's continuing to challenge the religious authorities of the day. You know, this further challenge to the religious leaders follows on from what Mark read a couple of weeks ago in, in Matthew 5.20. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Eugene Peterson, in a message, um, puts it slightly different, which we'll come to later on. And Jesus has another encounter with the Pharisees um, in John 5.44 and he says to the people after that how do you expect to get anywhere with God when you spend all your time jockeying for position with each other ranking your rivals and ignoring God so it's obvious that Jesus isn't holding back in this sermon he's really turning things upside down and challenging people's values and motives but hold on a minute before we go any further let's just address a potential criticism uh, or, or um, contradiction here in the Sermon on the Mount because you may think that in Matthew 5.16 where Jesus says in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven is in contradiction to what Jesus says in Matthew 6.1 where he says be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others the answer to this contradiction this question in Jesus' instructions, again, comes to our heart attitude and the motives for us doing things. In Matthew 5.16, we do things so that people see our good deeds and can glorify our Father in heaven. Whereas in Matthew 6, Jesus highlights the wrong way of doing things. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. 
In the message, Eugene Peterson puts it this way, be especially careful when you are trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theatre, but the God who made you won't be applauding. I like the way Dallas Willard explains it in Divine Conspiracy. The teaching is not that we should hide our good deeds, like giving to the poor, praying or fasting or anything else that we do. That is not Jesus' point. The point is not that we are seen doing a good deed, but are we doing a good deed in order to be seen? Dallas Willard goes on to say, our intent is determined by what we want and expect from our actions. When we do good deeds to be seen by human beings, that is because what we are looking for comes from human beings. God responds to our expectations accordingly. We get nothing from him because we've got everything we wanted from those around us. And so the point Jesus is making is that it matters whose approval we are living for because that determines where our reward is and has far-reaching consequences. This section on the heart attitude therefore poses the question, whose approval are we seeking? Which audience are we playing to? Because this reveals our true motives. This point is worth noting and reminding ourselves that we all want to be seen and noticed and applauded. It's built into us from the very day that we're born. Philip Greenslade, in his book Voice from the Hills, which I've used before, and I will be using again, um, says this. Children say, notice me, mummy, or daddy, look at me. It's psychologically damaging to grow up without such approval. And it's uh, all with constant criticism. But if we never grow out of such attention-seeking, then we are in trouble. George H. Cooley came up with the looking glass self theory and it's how we determine our self-image. So how do I appear to others? To what must others think of me? And taking those two into consideration then we revise how we think about ourselves. He also put it this way, your self-concept or sense of self is based on what you think the most important person in your life thinks of you. Clearly in first century Jerusalem and in the temple, the most important people and the most important audience when giving to needy was the people around them, particularly for the leaders, not God. Let's look at Matthew 6.2 again. So when you give to the needy, do, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly I tell you, they've received their reward in full. You know, Jesus wasn't being sarcastic here because people would literally have a trumpet blown to draw attention to everyone in earshot that they were giving something to the poor. A theatrical act, you know. That's why they're called hypocrites. <laughs> um, but we are to give, as it says in verse 3, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What he's saying is don't telegraph it to everyone around you. And as we read in the other two examples of praying and fasting, Jesus highlights the wrong and right way to pray and fast. And we read those in verses 5 to 8 and 16 to 18 respectively, which again relates to the audience we are directing them to and the motives of our hearts. The beginning of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 9 and 10 again gives us 
the correct starting point, the motive for everything that we do. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Now today we don't blow our own trumpets, do we? To draw people's attention to our good deeds. Or do we? Consider Facebook, YouTube and other social media platforms. The volume of personal data and details posted on social media today is colossal. And in most cases, people are saying, look at me. Aren't I beautiful? Aren't I clever? Aren't I gifted? Aren't I blessed? Aren't I rich? That looks a lot like blowing our own trumpets to me. And I'm not saying that social media is wrong and we shouldn't use it. Because during the last 18 months, it's been invaluable. You know, we wouldn't have been able to do church without Zoom and social media. However, as well as being useful, social media can also be very destructive. And people's sense of self-worth can be seriously damaged and affected if they don't get the number of likes they want. Or if they're criticised or bullied uh, by others on social media. And that's a, a, a pandemic in itself in our age, isn't it? Bullying. Uh, on Facebook and trolling uh, and people being horrible to each other. This cartoon, I think, says it all. And a friend of mine posted this on Facebook just this week. I do think it would, be, would speed things up if you followed my social media. Going back to Dallas Willard's quote I gave earlier. The point is not that we are seen doing a good deed and posting it on social media but are we doing a good deed and posting it on social media in order to be seen and get praise we need to be active in our community and society so that God's grace and mercy can be seen and received the point being that God is seen at work and gets the honour not us so in these three examples Jesus is pointing out that the reason we do things is of great importance and, as I said before, has far-reaching consequences. He's making it clear that the only one who should determine our value is our Creator and the only audience that matters is God. Which begs the question, why do we do the things that we do? You know, serving in church on Sundays, you know, preaching like I'm doing now, uh, playing in the worship band, serving on tea and coffee, leading a connect group, helping at Grow Baby, doing food hub, street outreach or Renew 23. What's our heart attitude? Why are we doing it? In all these areas of service, we do need people to get involved, particularly when we get back together at church on Sunday mornings face to face. We're going to need people to do lots of things and sign up for stuff. But the question is, and the question Jesus is asking us is why are we doing them? Again, back to Phil Greenslade from Voice from the Hills. If you crave, crave Christian celebrity status, you can have it right now. If you want to make an impression, an impression is what you'll make right now. But that's all you will get. And in all three examples we've read this morning, Jesus says of those who do things for show, and to receive praise and honour from others, he says, truly I tell you, they've received their reward in full. And the truth is that as Christians, we can do all sorts of great and noble and, and, and good things. 
but for the wrong reasons. And if we do so, the reward that really matters will be lost. Jesus wants his disciples to recognise the foolishness of imitating the practice of society around them. That's why he gives us this warning in Matthew 6.1. Be careful not to practise your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward to your Father in heaven. Therefore, what Jesus is calling his disciples, and that includes you and me, to do and in anything we do, and everything we do, be it giving, praying, fasting, serving in church, our daily jobs, as though we were doing it for God and for God alone. Again, Phil Greenslade, in Voice from the Hill, says this, But among the Beatitude people, the sort and like company which Jesus is creating, different dynamics are at work. Here we are performing for the hidden reward of the Father's good pleasure, not the obvious reward of the praise of men. This is what many theologians and Christian leaders, including John Wimber, have called living before an audience of one. And I like the way that Oz Guinness, who uh, apparently, according to Dallas Willard, is a well-known American uh, theologian and teacher and a leader, he puts it like this. I live before the audience of one. Before others, I have nothing to gain, nothing to lose, nothing to prove. So how to conclude our look at this um, walk through Matthew 6, 1 to 18, and our heart attitudes. Well, if we play to the crowd and seek praise for what we do for our own benefit, then Jesus' words are very sobering. Truly I tell you, they've received their reward in full. And he makes it clear that we're not only missing the mark, but we miss out on the fullness of what God really has for us. Being seen doing good things is not a problem, but doing things so that we will be seen is. There's only one audience that matters, the audience of one, God our Father. And if we live for the audience of one, as Osgood has put it, before others we have nothing to gain, nothing to lose and nothing to prove. So the question Jesus asks us today is, where is our heart attitude? Now Jesus has turned and continues to turn the values of this world upside down. And he works through us to do it. To do so, our hearts need to be in tune with his. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you know everything about us. You know our hearts and our needs for acceptance and approval and what drives us. Help us to, be, to live and to find our approval and acceptance in you and you alone. Help us to let our light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify you, our Father in heaven, and not us. And Lord, we pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us on our website at www.gracevineyard.co.uk. And now there are going to be some questions 
for our service this morning and our breakout rooms and I'll leave these up for a couple of minutes.